Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, guess who I've got with me today again? My fabulous favourite mindfulness guru. Charlotta Tharap. Hello, how are you? Hi, darling. I love having you in the studio with me. good fun. Today we're actually going to have a chat about finding calm in the chaos, Mm. which Charlotta is a total guru (laughs) and and fabulous wise teacher around that whole mindfulness and and, and finding calm and peace again. It's at this time of year, it's crazy. It feels like it around Christmas and end of year activities and... Mm. I mean, and it's been a crazy year. Yeah, with lots of intensity and lots of challenges and also some saying, you know, lots of a bit more calm. Yeah. So you know, I think what people have experienced varies greatly mm. depending in a way of your kind of privilege. I think there's no doubt about that. We're seeing that even more clearly now. So for those of you who have been under a rock and don't know Charlotte, <laughs> she has made many appearances on Hey Soul Sister podcast and that's just because I find her so wise and giving and she's my go-to person if ever I need some guidance or need to talk out an issue or just need some lovely words of wisdom and and reminders on how to live more mindfully in the present moment. So Charlotta runs the Mindfulness Clinic. She founded the Mindfulness Clinic and helps people to find their own peaceful path to living. Away with less less war with the moment and ourselves and you've trained with some of the mindfulness masters yes i've been very lucky yes yes zen master so kind of both arms of of buddhism and and i think they you know the more you can kind of without wanting it but kind of open yourself up to the different ways the better it is really yeah, that's what I think. I mean, others would say, you know, you're deep and deep and deep in one direction. Personally, that's not mine, but I get it is for some. Yeah. And before this crazy COVID year, you actually did travel the world, inspected a lot of conferences yeah, and ran retreats around the world. Yeah. I'm teaching people about mindfulness yeah. and mindful leadership. Yeah. Because, you know, when I first f- found it, I was so incredibly excited and I started running retreats for psychologists as part of their professional development. In hindsight, I really, I wasn't at all ready to do that. But you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? (laughs) And I was just so excited. And the thing is that mindfulness is relatively robust. So even if the facilitator isn't brilliant, people can still get something out of it. Of course, the better the teacher, the deeper and better the teaching. And you know, I have a a dreadful little story to share about where I just noticed how far I'd come this morning because I, I, you know, I did have a party last night and I was, went to bed too late and woke up early and was really groggy, stepped out of my bed and I stepped in something black and sticky. So I lifted my heel and thought, better not get that everywhere. And I looked and it was actually cat shit. Oh no. I know. And, And I didn't have any drama feelings. I didn't have, oh no, I can't believe it, how bad, nothing. I just went, oh, okay. Is there more of it? We better go and sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, that's freaking zen. Yeah, that is zen. <laughs> and that's the training. That's what the training does. Yeah. So when people come to you for their, what's the word, consultation, for their appointments with you, mm. sessions with you, I should say, mm-hmm. what are some of the, I suppose, key reasons that people come to see you? Is it stress and anxiety? Mm. Because I suppose I see through Got You Back, Sister, that that would be one of the number one things that we see in women that come is they're dealing with stress and anxiety. Yes, absolutely. 
overwhelm and perhaps there's sort of been perhaps there's been a really bad employer so there's trauma sitting and then you've got the anxiety and pressure on top of that or a family split or death or you know usually something on top of all the rest that just topples you know we dear humans yeah. and I think you know one thing I'd like really like to get across is more and more I think we have to be really honest about the fact that this is not a personal issue you know th this is a social issue I remember you know that Alama a couple of times have said you know I don't understand what, are there people in your culture who don't like themselves who don't love themselves you know and and so it is a cultural in the western world you know we have a problem and I think it helps in a way because we always think it's me. I'm not coping. Why am I feeling so anxious? Why am I feeling so overwhelmed? I'm not coping with my life. Whereas when we go, well, actually, that's how it is for most people in our culture at the moment. So what's happening in our culture yeah. that is generating that? So do you feel as though or do you believe that, that it is chaos that's causing that? Well, you know, there's, there's in the, you know, I've run many retreats with the, that title of finding calm in the chaos. And in a way, you know, there's always chaos. If I look outside in my garden, you know, I can say, well, you know, I can't count the leaves. I don't, I can't control which ones are going to fall off. And, you know, it is chaotic. Like, you know, I think that the thing is that the world is so much more complex than our little brains can ever comprehend. And our brains are predicting machines. They're looking for patterns. And the crazier the world gets, the more they look for patterns. So in a way, you know, in this chaotic world, the more we become more and more superstitious. We look at, oh, wasn't meant to be, or do you see that, or that, that's linked to that, because we need to, because it's scary being little separate humans in a big world, right? So I think that the chaos is always there. It's a question of, are we seeing it as chaos as a threat, like the complexity? Because we can also see it as abundance. Yes. Right? As wow, it's kind of in awe and wonder of the world. Are we seeing it from that place? Or are we seeing it from the other place? And where's my locus of control is the other thing I'd say. So in other words, what am I letting control me? Where's my attention? And mm -hmm. if I'm going, wow, the body is anxious, that means I need to just calm it before I do anything else. That means my locus of control is the body. I'm home in the body versus thinking that I need to sort all this stuff out to not have chaos in order for me to be a right. And that is endless. It is endless. And I keep thinking it's going to end. Yeah, we do. That's I, our delusion. I keep thinking if I just get through this time, yes. I will get there and it will be okay. Yes. And it never is. No. There's and always that's that some, there's more is more. Yes. Like weeing the pants nice and well when you do it and then you have to clean it up. But it's that, yeah. And that is, I mean, even the Buddha described that delusion 2,600 years ago, thinking that, you know, we could get peace from the doing of something. And we can't. Yeah. I mean, there is a time when we complete a task going, oh, but then you sit for a moment, you go, oh, shit, now the next thing needs doing, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. So in that way, it's not a, a sustainable way of generating. That's an inside job. That's how we have that beautiful saying of, you know, if you don't go within, you go without. Yeah. Right. So really with chaos, we're feeling like we're out of control. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's Overwhel right. Overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And out, overwhelmed and out of control. Yes. And I mean, there was some really interesting little sort of point that somebody made saying that in effect we are exposed to more information in, in one day than somebody in the 15th century so pre-industrialization is exposed to in their whole lifetime and considering that we our brains are predicting machines that's just overwhelming right and if we're then if we're then 
then get stressed. It means that our subcortical area that's formed around getting away from and moving towards is just scrambling. That's what overwhelm is. It's scrambling without a parent going, now settle. Yeah. <laughs> and without the hardware on that goes, okay, where's the, where, you know, what's the overview? What's the right thing to do here? Let's do one thing at a time and having some empathy. All of that, the prefrontal cortex is not online. So overwhelm is, is therefore the first responsibility, if you like, is to go, whoa, if I'm experiencing overwhelm, then I need to calm down. And then once I'm calm, then I look at the issue. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Is there ever good chaos? I think that that comes back to the abundance. Because I think when we see it with that wonder or awe, we go, wow, the world is so complex. It is, you know, all the different creatures that we can't see or we can see and how they feed and how they link into each other and the miracle of each, you know, when you look at David Attenborough's work, you know, all of that, you can go, well, that's freaking chaotic. Well, oh, it's absolutely. It's beautiful. Yeah. What impact does chaos have on us, like physically or emotionally? Well, when we experience it as chaos, as something that we are out of control and we're feeling separate, then of course it generates the anxiety and then we have the adrenaline and the cortisol and that's taxing for us to live in that soup. And we, f we feel alone as well in terms of our experience rather than connecting. I agree. Mm. I agree. When I feel overwhelmed or anxious, I feel very alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that no one really understands. Yes. But you also don't want to reach out and ask for help. Because you're worried about the judgment. Or right. maybe that's just me. No, I think that's everybody. I yeah. think we all, we all think that I'm uniquely a little bit more peculiar than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I agree. Mm -hmm. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if people find out what I'm really like, will they still love me? You know, there's always that risk, right? Yeah. If they saw me sort of completely uncut, like stepping on the cat poo this morning, will they still, <laughs> will they still go, oh, she's all right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So when you're in that overwhelm, you're feeling that you're surrounded by chaos or living in chaos, Sorry. what does it feel like? So often the shortness of breath, would you agree? I mean, how, how do you feel it? I get a tightness. Yes. Yeah. In the chest yes. particularly? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and probably a, like a, a, in my gut. Yes, that's right. Churning or flutter or something yeah. and sometimes sweaty palms. And also we can't think, which is that overwhelm, right? We can't actually sort of sense what is what, what are the priorities? What do we need to do first? It just, it's that scramble. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best expression for it right yeah. and the system is of course in in threat mode so that's why it's just activated and actually you know one of the things we can do is go for a brisk walk what are some of the maybe longer term medical impacts that you know if you're constantly living mm. in that chaos state the overwhelm the anxiety what are some of the longer term impacts i mean we we're talking before about someone that we know that has an ulcer when i'm in that state there's no joy that's the first thing. Like, I, there's no love. I'm just consumed in my own little, you know, delusional world, right? So I'm not good for relationships. I'm not good for sort of for myself, for my life quality. And in terms of what happens in the body, then you can imagine, you know, in effect, the, the system the system is constantly affected by the hormones that are produced in it, right? And the the, the tough ones with, you know adrenaline, but also the high levels of sustained cortisol are very tough. They're linked to particularly cortisol to inflammation and inflammation in effect is a pre runner to all diseases, right? So you're really looking at your cancers, your stroke, all different, all the, the lupus, all of those kind of diseases, as well as mental unwellness. And that's something I think that, you know, that, that the high levels of stress 
easily triggers if you have serious unwellness lying there it's likely to trigger it right so that plus the general sort of life low life quality so it's very very serious yeah you know and and i think i don't think we have seen the beginning of it yet which is frightening to say so i think the first thing is to frame it as this is a social problem to just give you know everyone kind of six psychological psychology sessions is not going to fix it we have to look broader we have to look at the root cause of it and i mean Politically, I think one of them is that we privatize profit and socialize cost. So it's relentless, the pressure. And we have that terminology called self-imposed servitude, which is, you know, that we don't need a, a leader to be cracking the whip on us for us to work hard. All the, I've done so many, hundreds of interviews during this time with wonderful leaders, and they are all saying that what they're doing is they've been isolated, they've been working extra hard, they're a little bit worried about losing their job, or they feel they're in an organization that look after them well, so they should be grateful. And then they just, you know, they put, they have dinner, and then they think, I'll just do an hour or two yet, so more, tomorrow is a little bit easier. And then they get up early as well. And then gradually, you've got no other life, but just work. And where you get your feel good points is work, because you've starved the rest of your life. So that's that self-imposed servitude, which so easily people's lives get so seriously out of whack. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. And it's funny, I was reflecting on my life eight years ago mm. and it was very looked very different to how it right. is now and had a lot more time, had a lot more leisure time. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I know I'm not Robinson Crusoe, but it's interesting. It's such a slippery slope mm. to, it's like, okay, I'm just going to do a little bit more, a little yes. bit more. I need to go to this. I need yes. to do that. Yeah. And that sense of, yeah, you're right. It's And it all comes from within. It's not because anybody's telling me I have to do it. No. That's it's right. because it's like, no, I, I just need to go to that thing. I need to go to that meeting. I need mm-hmm. to take on this project. Yeah. And then next thing you go, oh, wow, actually my life is just full of constant doing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, and in previous episodes of this, we've talked about the the three emotional regulation systems, the threat, the drive, and the connected contented, and that our culture lives in drive. Mm -hmm. And even the whole thing, the pursuit of, you know, whether that be your dream or your, or or not feeling bad or the next, the next, the next, is all the drive state. And this is what we celebrate. Yeah. Right. Whereas in Buddhism, it's saying as soon as they're striving, you're not present. And it's funny it is that I think in our society as well, if we're not constantly doing, sometimes you're deemed lazy. Yeah, and you and, and probably worse, you internalize that. Yeah, you, you don't want to see that, or you're not popular, right? Yeah. Whereas the the thing is to be in 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 non-resistance to the moment and allow things to happen. It doesn't mean you don't have an intention, but it means you're not in the grips of pursuing right? Something that you have, you, you know, you can, you, you, of course, you can put a great effort into something, but there's no guarantee you'll actually get it. But that's what we are. We live in the grip of pursuing, you know, the, where, what's, your, what, what's your vision? What's the meaning? What's it, what are you going to do? How are you unique? Go, 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 go. And don't miss out, right? If, you know, on social media is an enormous pressure of this thing of, you know, as soon as you're not very active, then where are you? You know, what's happening with you? Are you going to miss out? You're dropping out. So that push to live in the drive state is enormous in our culture, I think. I think that I need to come and have another session with you. Just a <laughs> one-on-one and actually for 2021, how I can change that habit of not being the drive state so much. Yeah, and, I, you know, I would I would say for me, it, you know, and I'm older, so one of the things that definitely has helped is going, wow, I don't want to spend the rest of my life endlessly chasing. 
chasing what for the for what that's the weeing the pants right mm. i know that you know i speak in another that was my thing you know speaking at x conferences or whatever around the world whatever you know it doesn't make me any happier it doesn't do anything i'm, I'm still the same little charlotte who sleeps on the mattress on the in the bedroom you know what <laughs> I mean? like, it doesn't change anything so that's my delusional thing chasing that and yes has it given me an ego boost yes and has it given me a platform yes but from now on what am i chasing what am I chasing? It's time to come in and really appreciate the flowers, <laughs> you know, the good friends and taking it a little bit easy. And we can, most of us can afford that. So what techniques can we use to find calm in the chaos? If we are in that state, yeah. in that the, the world of chaos and feeling the overwhelm and the stress and anxiety, what are mm -hmm. some of the things that we can do? Yeah. So I suppose watch for the indicators of the pursue, 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 which is also has competition in it. And it's kind of wanting from the world the whole time. It's the wanting, wanting, wanting. We, in Buddhism, you call it the, the, the hungry ghost. It's relentless. And actually interesting gratitude or gentle appreciation is a sock in the mouth of the hungry ghost, right? Yeah. So as soon as you're going, oh, wow, look at what I have, you can feel that the system settles and the wanting dials down, right? Yeah. So that's one thing. The, the thing, of course, that I would do more of is to go, it's not fair on my dear body to be chasing. It's like it's always out trying to get the animal and we never really enjoy sitting there, having fun preparing it and eating and then having a little banter afterwards and then a good sleep. We don't, you know, that's because that's supposed to be most of the time and we've flipped it, right? Yep. So coming into, wow, I have to take my primary responsibility in this life is my body. So therefore catching myself out in that drive state and going, Dear body, I'm not going to rush. I'm not going to, I'm going to limit the situations where it's, it, it's pushed into the drive state. So dear body, the hand on the chest, the closing the eyes, noticing the warmth between the hand and the body, going, dear body, we're not chasing anyone, right? It's okay for me to just be and to be kind. And I'll still work, but I won't be in the mode of chasing when I work, right? So actually, I'll be more creative. And I'll work much more efficiently, even though I hate that word, right? <laughs> but nonetheless, I will because yeah. it's cleverer. I actually Googled. Did you? Yes. What, what, what we can do to find some calm in the chaos. Yes. And they talked about meditation. Yes. Which I guess is you yeah, know, so that's going the to the dear body and, and, and quietening the mind. Yeah, it's a, that's a long-term investment. So what I was talking about before is sort of the short-term, when you catch yourself out and you go, whoa, calming down. Because yeah. absolutely, uh, meditation. So 10 minutes a day. And I'd, I'd also suggest do mindfulness meditation, which is what you, where you're observing the mind's relationship to the moment. Because many of the others are now also kind of almost commercial meditations in, in getting, getting what you want out of life. It's still on the dry, in the drive mode. And we want to get out of the drive mode. The planet needs us to get out of the freaking drive mode like it never has before, right? This whole thing, acquire, 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 acquire. So your meditation is sitting, whether it's noticing the breath, noticing uh, a flame, noticing the body, whatever is your anchor point, and just noticing how the mind flees from that and how it sits in relation to that. And of course, um, I know a lot of people say getting out and going for a run or going for a walk, that yep. sort of thing that can yep. help in terms of just like, but I suppose it's being in the present moment, isn't it? Getting away from whatever it is that's causing the overwhelm and, and getting out and walking and just observing what's going on around you, going for a run, releasing some of those natural endorphins, yep. bringing back a little bit of joy. 
Yes. So I, I think not so long ago, we talked about the study that was done. And I actually don't have the framework, but I'm going to Google it around the two groups who were walking on the same route. And yep. then one were working, walking for the sake of releasing the cortisol and feeling good and yeah. again, you know, strengthening the body, blah, blah. And the other were walking exactly the same, but they were asked to stop every now and then when they saw something of beauty and yes. take a little photo. And what they found was that that last group did a lot better when it came to calm and life quality. They also did well on the, all the other terms, right? So it's this, that's because they're in the connected contented because you might run still chasing, right? Yeah. Which you'll still have benefits, of course, but not to the extent of really bringing you into alignment with the moment and not in resistance. Yeah. I know a lot of people um, have said to me that they would like to meditate, mm -hmm. but they really struggle with meditation because yeah. they find it really hard to quiet their mind. Mm. And I know that I do a lot of guided meditations. So I mm -hmm. pop in my earbuds and listen to a YouTube meditation or a Charlotta meditation. And, and I find that, you know, that's really great in terms of, I find it great with the breathing yeah. and, and switching off. But then I was reading something the other day and I think it was a forum and somebody was like, that's not real meditation. A, a guided meditation is not real meditation. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's a nonsense thing to say. We all have to start where we're at. Right. And some days the mind is extremely busy and you start with where you're at. And if that's a guided meditation, that's what you do. Now, technically speaking, there's a difference between a mindfulness practice and a guided meditation, which might be, you know, going down for a nice little path, da, 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 right? And that's a guide. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. It's just that if you want to do the getting to know the mind, you do the mindfulness. Yeah. So both will have benefits. And, and I don't think there are any rules. But try not to, to shop around too much. Try to stick to something, even if it's boring, because that's actually where we really notice the mind, right? If we still make that like going to the shopping center when we're looking for meditations, you know, th there's kind of a, a, a newness and an excitement to it. And that's, again, stimulating the drive state. Yeah. So be a little bored. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of finding calm in the chaos, there's those immediate things that we can do, like check in with our dear body, mm -hmm. go back to our breath. Yeah. And if it's very acute, you know, you can pinch yourself on the inner arm and pinch yourself quite hard because that pain will zoom your attention back into the arm. I had a young girl where I mentioned this to some years ago and she came back after 10 days and she said, look at all the bruises on my arm. I said, yeah, that is much better than having a lot of panic attacks because that trains the brain for that, right? Yes. So interrupt, they, it's really important to interrupt that kind of thing. And then lots of dear body, knowing your body is just doing this for you to survive. It's not the enemy. Anxiety is not an enemy. It's the body saying, <gasps> and your job is to go, dear body, we are safe. We're safe and everything's okay, dear body. Yeah. So that's kind of dealing, I suppose, with the immediate. Yes immediacy or immediate impact of chaos. What about longer term strategies? Mm -hmm. That's, that's like a life change. That's changing your life. Yeah. So, I mean, I would absolutely recommend that people, if they can afford it, go on a retreat or do a, you know, an ongoing meditation or mindfulness course, get into exercise, look at what you eat as well. You know, the sugars are really, really, and, and you know, your coffee intake. I did a little talk the other day and I was looking at, you know, so the, the biggest commodities in the world is oil and then coffee, right? Where we prop up our energy, which if you're prone to anxiety is really something you need to watch out for. You might just, you know, in incorporate some micro sleeps instead. Sort of look at going, I want to live in this way, hand in hand with myself without losing myself, 
without you know allowing the quality of me and my experience in the now to drop what's that going to look like yeah. So finding a good routine, making sure you get enough sleep is absolutely essential. Having, you know, the, the same kind of good breakfast in the morning, having little breaks, being in nature, extremely important. And even, you know, the thing of, you know, when you have the tendency to be on your mobile, see if you can every now and then put it down. Notice how much time, lie and look up the leaves. It's really good for both your eyes physically. That's quite amazing, actually. Yeah. And of course, for your brain and for your soul. So, you know, more and more connect with nature, connect with love, with tenderness, with joy, have time when there's nothing on. I mean, personally, it even worked for me when I have been really busy to go, you know, you have an hour now and you do not think about work. You do, you have an hour completely free. Yep. Right. And so playtime. Yeah. And I suppose it's changing habits, life habits. Yes, it yeah. is. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Because, yeah, like we were saying before, I, I know that I live in a drive state. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to, but I, that's, I've got to break those habits. Mm. And also the whole saying no to things. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I set an intention at the beginning of this year that I was going to say more no to more things and actually during the COVID as well mm -hmm. I was going to say no to more things and I know it's Christmas at the moment and there's a lot going on but I am like oh my goodness the week every night there's something on and mm -hmm. I was like how did I get here again mm. yeah <laughs> yeah so so I know you know sometimes people go and learn to say no and learn yeah. assertiveness personally I think that we have to check in with the body because a lot of the time when we are pleasers, we're actually disconnected from what our own system needs and wants. And that means my locus of control, again, that that controls me is the smile or the not risking rejection from the other yep. rather than my needs. So therefore, you know, if I think you'll get cranky me with, if I don't turn up, I'm going to say yes. Versus if I'm tuned into my body and I know this body's tired or we've already done, you know, three weeks, three nights this week, mm, I'd love to go, but I just can't. Why don't I prioritize you next time? Because I just can't, right? And then you'll notice actually that 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 slight in the body, yeah. that sensation when the body's going, nah, <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's the most reliable. When we override that, we are overdoing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you so much, my friend. Oh, so You're lovely. always so wise. I'm old. I'm old and I've done a lot of mindfulness. That's where it comes from. Yeah. I'm not always wise, yeah. but I know this about this stuff. And, ben, and I love that you come on and share that because I know every time you do, I'm reminded um, and I learn something new. And like you say, we're all a work in progress. Indeed. And also, it's not personal. I'd really yeah. like people to get that. So when they're feeling anxious, there's nothing wrong with you. It is part of being human that we experience this, right? And it is part of the human condition that this is ramped up right now. Thank you, my beautiful friend. If people want to know more about you or get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Look through the website, uh, www.themindfulnessclinic.com.au or send me an email, charlotta at themindfulnessclinic.com.au. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.